I used to fall victim to it. I used to go to the doctor all the time when I was younger, when I had sinus infections and get antibiotic. And I, I really think that, you know, in my teenage years and, you know, through college, um, that getting pres- over-prescribed antibiotics at a young age really wrecked, you know, my body. Um, you know, I don't want to, I won't go in and say, oh, it wrecks my gut biome, but I'm sure it did some damage to a lot of the beneficial bacteria that was in my body. Um, and I think after I stopped really kind of, you know, got, got my health under control, both fitness and diet, um, I was able to kind of process you know, being sick a lot easier. You know, I still used over-the-counter decongestants and thing like that, which I know is not great for you. Um, but I wasn't, you know, basically just running to get antibiotics when I got sick. So, you're listening to the Addicted to Fitness podcast, brought to you by Elemental Training Tampa. Now, here's your hosts, Nick and Shannon Birch. Thanks for stopping by and checking out another edition of the Addicted to Fitness podcast. We appreciate you guys joining us tonight. Um, I say we, but I'm actually rolling solo on tonight's podcast because Shannon is feeling under the weather, which spawned this week's episode. And we're going to kind of discover together why uh, cold symptoms tend, tend to be worse at bedtime. Um, honestly, uh, usually to give you a little peek behind the cer- curtain, guys, we usually record these uh, around bedtime after Ella's gone down specifically. Um, so uh, now Shannon's uh, slight cold symptoms are starting to flare back up. So that's why she can't join us on this podcast. So I figured, why don't we talk about it? But before we do that, guys, why don't uh, I want to uh, thank you for joining Today's podcast, we are really counting down the episodes to number big, number 400. So I believe this is four, 394, excuse me. Um, so we are only probably about a month and a half away from the uh, big 400. Um, and uh, as I do every week, I want to thank you guys for who have given us the rating reviews in Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app. Uh, if you haven't done that, please do so. It really does help us and helps uh, people find us when they search for health and fitness podcasts. So Another thing that can help uh, spread the good word of Addicted to Fitness is by sharing the podcast with a friend. Um, most podcast apps make it super easy by you know being able to just send the link via text. Um, so if you can do that, you find an episode you like, uh, please send it to somebody you think it could benefit uh, could benefit from listening to it. So last but not least, please give us a follow on Instagram at the ATF Podcast. All right, so my training recap for the week felt like a productive week for me. You know, I got some uh, time on the bike here, the Peloton. Um, for you guys that don't know, we've had the Peloton cycle for, gosh, it's probably been nearly six years now. Probably No, it's probably been more than that, seven years. So Shannon was pregnant and she was riding it. So it's been over seven years that we've had the Peloton cycle. Uh, we've been kind of early adopters for the Peloton. Uh, we only have the cycle. We don't have the tread or I think they have a rower now or they did. Anywho, um, yeah, we've been uh, we've been using big users of that for a long time. So I got on that this week 
Also, um, I had the pleasure of going to LA Fitness, um, my local big box gym, and doing a heavy leg workout. Um, I don't think uh, we were on vacation last week, so you guys had an old school episode. But during my vacation, I got to work out with my brother, which doesn't happen. And, and man, talk about decades. Uh, it's probably been over a decade that we've actually worked out. So we went to go to an LA fitness in near my parents' home in Maryland, got to work out together. We did a leg workout because I'm still kind of, I was, I think up until this week, really trying to baby my arm, my shoulder. Um, and I got to the point where, you know, it was, I felt that maybe I was trying to be too inactive when it came to upper body movements or resistance training. So now I'm starting to mix in a little bit more of that. Um, did uh, some, just some very light high rep, um, specifically more rotator cuff and shoulder, almost like prehab movements. Um, uh, so they, those were more beneficial and was, and that did some bottoms up hold. So, uh, to kind of explain that a little bit more, um, I used a kettlebell, which hopefully people know what a kettlebell is. Um, if not, it's like a dumbbell, but it has essentially all the weight in one central location, almost looks like a cannonball. And then there's like a cannonball with a handle on top of it, essentially. Um, so I was using that and I was kind of doing holds or carries. So squeezing the handles and carrying heavy weights around, really good core exercise size, but also good for grip strength, which translate to kind of essentially strengthening my, my shoulder, um, but also doing bottoms up holds. So where you kind of point the bottom of the kettlebell to the sky while you're holding it up. Another good isometric exercise that's good for grip strength, elbow health, and shoulder health. So I mixed in some of those this week along with uh, going to a, a, a Noki jiu-jitsu class. So um, I felt very productive this week. Um, and uh, I think uh, I think we can keep going on this track of trying to be a little bit more proactive about resistance training for my upper body instead of trying upper body, excuse me, instead of probably trying to just you know, uh, you know, to rest completely for my upper body. You know, I can think in moderation if I can do my stretching, my mob- mobility, uh, and then just you know work on kind of that prehab um, exercises for my upper body. Um, I think it would be beneficial. Um, so that's what I'm going to go with now with the upcoming, you know, few months. And hopefully I'll report back some uh, um, uh, positive uh, uh, findings or positive uh, feedback when I, when I do my training recap next week and the following week. So let's get into the topic of today's podcast. And that is why cold symptoms tend to be worse at night. So um, I did a little research for this week's podcast um, and it kind of stumbled upon a few interesting reasons that I didn't really think about uh, beforehand. You know, the one that came to my mind is like you lay down in bed and typically cold symptoms or colds or flus are associated with post-nasal drip, a lot of drainage from your sinuses. And shoot, I mean, if that starts draining down your throat, you're immediately going to want to cough to try to get rid of it or it's just going to cause irritation that causes a cough. Um, so that's kind of the first thing that sprang to my mind. Uh, but one thing that I didn't really kind of um, think about is that the, your hormone levels change too throughout the day. You know, 
your cortisol is actually at the highest during the morning. And this uh, is actually, this hormone helps kind of suppress inflammation. So some of the inflammation that's caused by the cold, whether it be a runny nose or, you know, red eyes or coughing or wheezing, the cortisol actually helps kind of suppress some of those symptoms throughout the day. Um, but then, much like kind of when you lay down at night, your cortisol levels actually go down at night to kind of help you go back to sleep or help you go to sleep. Well, once those levels go down, boom, your inflammation kind of revs back up. So then uh, you can start getting the cough and the runny nose and the watery eyes again uh, as you go to bed and your levels go down, your hormone levels go down. Another interesting kind of thing that I discovered is that uh, the immune cells in your body start going to work uh, more so at bedtime. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. When immune cells uh, identify and try to fight off viruses, the immune cells can cause irritation and inflammation, which end up making respiratory symptoms worse at night, according to one of the uh, piece of researches that I found. Piece of researches, piece of research that I found. Um, so basically, the fact that your immune cells are working harder at night causes the symptoms to kind of flare up more so at night. So that was something that I didn't really kind of think about um, that it's really all really to both the hormone levels and the immune cell activity um, really kind of uh, is dictated by your circadian rhythm um, when you go to bed and when you wake up. So I think that was kind of a, some interesting facts that I didn't know about why you know, your, your cold symptoms seem to flare up, uh, at night. So, um, they also mentioned things like the bedroom environment, like, uh, your, the dry air in your, in your bedroom might affect you more so than being outside or, um, you know, going at work where there's probably, you know, a little bit more moisture in the air. Um, that's what the thing kind of reminded me when, Whenever I got home, or whenever I got sick when I was younger, I should say, um, at home, uh, I, I, we always had a dehumidifier in the uh, in the room. Um, so that was kind of something to kind of put moisture in the air to help us, I guess, you know, help the sciences prevent the sinuses from drying out. Um, so uh, I think one thing that we like using in our room um, is the uh, the diffuser, like essential oil diffuser. Now. I know there's some debate if essentials do essential oils do anything besides make the room smell nice, which you know I think that's arguable. But I think certain scents like peppermint or um, eucalyptus can definitely affect the uh, nasal passages. So I think they can be a little bit more um, help you, especially if you're stuffy, helps kind of uh, loosen up or helps it breathe more easily. Um, when you, when you have a cold or uh, the flu or something like that. I'm not saying it's going to cure it. I think it just helps with the fact that, you know, it's, it's kind of like Vicks Vapor Rub, if you will. It's just the, the smell kind of the menthol, I know, specifically in, in uh, probably in Vicks helps kind of really just open up the sinuses. Uh, some uh, they because kind of speaking to that some things that I've always thought about remedies, uh, especially that I like to do before bed um, if I have a cold is the saline spray up the nose. You know that's something that kind of also moistens the sinuses, prevents them from getting dried out. So that's something that I think um, I'm always a big fan of using. On top of that, um, something I use throughout the day, probably not specifically right at night, are these zinc tablets. I think we've talked about them on the top on a podcast before. Um, they're from Nature's Way. 
and they have um, a high amount of echinacea, zinc, and vitamin C. So, you know, I think obviously echinacea, there's probably some debate on its effectiveness. It's probably more of a homeopathic method. Um, but I know I, I did check out the whole zinc, um, the, the see if there was any truth behind, you know, zinc supplements helping, uh, with cold symptoms. And I know uh, one of my doctor colleagues or, uh, clients told me that specifically if you can get it you know, start taking the zinc supplements before your, your cold really sets in, it can help typically reduce the amount of symptoms or reduce the length and the, and the severity of the symptoms. So usually if somebody is sick in the household, like Shannon is right now, I will usually kind of start downing my zinc tablets to make sure that I uh, try to do as much as I can to kind of mitigate it if I do and t I typically do get the cold so um, those are something that I that's like a, a remedy that I like to use too I know Shannon has the neti pot I don't know if she's ever used it or not um, or she definitely doesn't use it for this cold um, she actually did say she was feeling really good today that's why I was like very kind of appropriate this this topic because um she was great today, no coffee, no nothing up, you know, her family came over and um, she was, you know, they were making, they were doing uh, cookie decorations for the holidays. And uh, then, of course, she lays down and the coughing begins and the, the itchy eyes start. So it's very appropriate. I felt this, this, I thought this topic was going to be appropriate. Um, there was something that I thought that was kind of uh, interesting is that, um, that we use a lot too is the idea of uh, being hydrated. You know, obviously, I think they usually talk about when you're cold, when you have a cold, or if, you know, I know flu, especially if you have some stomach issues with your flu, it's hard to keep down even liquid or anything. But I know they uh, typically, whenever you have a cold, drink more fluids, drink more fluids. And one thing that we always like to do is do like an electrolyte um, packet too to help kind of promote the, to avoid dehydration. So, um, or kind of even, you know, bump up the amount of nutrients that we have or minerals, really vitamins and minerals we have in our body because we use the Water Boy um, electrolyte packets. Um, we've talked about it. You guys can go back and look in the uh, archives of the podcast because we actually did a taste test about the water boy, but this is probably the one that's, um, and I know there's a bunch out there now, but we like water boy because it's probably been the most, um, least amount of sugar, but has the most amount of the beneficial electrolytes like magnesium, potassium, um, obviously sodium. Um, but also it has, usually it'll have beneficial things like vitamin C or, um, and there's even one that has like a weekend recovery in case you drink too much where it has, um, glutamine. Um, so that those are something that we think is very beneficial. And I know. And when it calls for it, I think you can have some of those for uh, when you have a cold. Because I think whatever can help you retain more fluids, I think that would be beneficial to fighting that cold. Besides that, I think it's important to say that obviously a cold, you know, knowing the difference between a cold and a virus, you know, that's uh, uh, even though, you know, the cold or flu, semi, excuse me, cold or flu, because they're all, they're both viruses, um, are caused by viruses, I should say. Um, the one thing to remember, and I didn't know this until I, you know, started getting more into health and fitness and researching more, you know, just all topics regarding health and fitness is that 
typically antibiotics are not going to treat a cold or the flu, you know, something that's caused by a virus. An antibiotic is for bacterial, basically, infections. Um, so if you go to a, you know, CV or your, your primary care doctor or even CVS, like a minute click it, clinic and get, you know, say they have a, they tell you have a sinus infection or a cold, you know, RSV, something like that. Um, you know, typically antibiotics are not going to, uh, be beneficial to treat that because it, like I said, it's a viral infection. So, and I'm sure there are some in certain cases where a doctor will think it is appropriate to, to prescribe it, especially if it, the, the duration of the cold has been more than a few weeks and, you know, being only over, you know, over the counter medication has been doing anything. They might, per, uh, you know, prescribe something more effective, maybe an antibiotic or a Z-pack, something like that. Um, so, it, it, but it's it's interesting that, and I know this is another little tangent, but people ex- want to go to the doctor like when they have cold or something like that. They think they need to get prescribed antibiotic, even though it's not a bacterial infection; it's a viral infection. So, uh, I think it's just interesting that um, some people, and I, and I, I, I wouldn't say I'm. I used to fall victim to it. I used to go to the doctor all the time when I was younger, when I had sinus infections and get antibiotic. And I, I really think that, you know, in my teenage years and, you know, through college, um, that getting pres- over-prescribed antibiotics at a young age really wrecked, you know, my body. Um, you know, I don't want to, I won't go and say, oh, it wrecks my gut biome, but I'm sure it did some damage to a lot of the beneficial bacteria that was in my body. Um, and I think after I stopped really kind of, you know, got, got my health under control, both fitness and diet, um, I was able to kind of process you know, being sick a lot easier. You know, I still used over-the-counter decongestants and thing like that, which I know is not great for you. Um, but I wasn't, you know, basically just running to get antibiotics when I got sick. So I let my body do as much as it could, you know, to and or you know, took the vitamins, took the supplements, and then you know, if I had to do something like you know that required me to at least you know not cough on everybody, I would take a cough suppressant or something like that. So um, I just wanted to say, you know, like put that caveat on it. Just you know, this is the cold and flu season. Um, obviously, I think it is very important to communicate with your doctor if you have a cold or flu that's been lasting more than a week or two. Um, but I don't think running right to the doctor and getting a demand, not demanding, but basically expecting antibiotics is going to help you get over the cold faster or help you down the road. Because once you wreck a lot of your beneficial bacteria in your body, it takes a while to get them back too, especially if you're not taking probiotics or eating probiotic like fermented foods. So just a little tangent I thought I'd end this little topic with. Um, now I'm going to go into what's got me pumped. Um, I know I usually do this with Shannon, but I figure I do have something that has me pumped. Um, we kind of spoke, if you guys go back in not too far, maybe about a, a half a dozen episodes, we did a Q&A with one of my um, clients who is an oncologist, um, a cancer doctor, and he really gave us a lot of good information uh, about, you know, uh, treatments for cancers nowadays, screening process, um, where you know, kind of the causes, and um, just a real good overall uh, 
uh, conversation about cancer and the state of cancer here, specifically in the United States today. Um, but that that conversation was really spawned by one of somebody uh, close to us, including Shannon and I, um, that uh, came down with cancer. And uh, thankfully, I'm happy to announce that um, the that she has gone through a treatment process. And she, uh, I know I'm saying she, so I'm narrowed it down to 50% of the population. But uh, it's uh, she is uh, very positive. Her body responded very well to it. They uh, they find very little amount of the original tumor left. Um, she has a surgical procedure, a small surgical procedure to remove the uh, the the area where the tumor was located. Um, and then obviously she has some follow up treatments, but she is definitely. Um, you know, in, in not in the clear, I'm never going to say that, but well, hopefully maybe one day we could say it, but not saying that right now, but she's definitely on uh, the right track to recovery, um, to essentially beating, um, the, the cancer at this point in time. So I'm very excited, very pumped for that because that's a, a very positive news and, um, I'm very, very happy to report that. So I'm very uh, um, excited that we got some uh, got a podcast out to you guys. I know you're missing Shannon, guys. I get it. You don't want to hear me, you know, babble on about uh, you know neti pots and um, you know saline sp- solutions up my nose. But I promise Shannon will be back next week. She's going to do all she can. She's probably going to do some of those things I just mentioned in order to be better and recovered. And we're getting close to closing out 2023 and welcoming in 2024. So if you need a quick New Year's resolution, please uh, give us that rating review in Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app. Share the podcast with a friend. I mean, we have nearly 400 episodes you can share with them. Trust me, we got something for everybody. And give us a follow on Instagram at the ATF podcast. That's all we got for you tonight. And this has been another edition of the Addicted Fitness Podcast. And we'll check you next time. For all things Addicted Fitness, you can check out our website, addictedtofitnesspodcast.com. You can also give us a follow on Twitter at the ATF podcast and like and follow the Addicted to Fitness Podcast Facebook page. Last but not least, please give us a rating and review in the iTunes store. Thanks. Thanks.